0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. Pastor Brent and Nicole are away on a conference this weekend. It's always important for the pastor every once in a while to listen to somebody else. I know that actually to be true. So he has asked his sister... Sherry Wachum to come and minister you this morning. Sherry and her husband, Alan, are pastoring a great church in uh, Milton, Ontario, called True North Church. And it's good to have them with us this morning. It's Pastor Brent's sister, but it also means that she's our daughter. So it's good that she's here. It's nice to see my granddaughter, Sydney, here this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stand up, if you wouldn't mind, please and giving her a rousing city welcome to the pulpit this morning. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here this morning. I, um, I'm glad my brother gets a chance to get away and have a great time and enjoy himself and Nicole and the kids and I'm honored to be here with my mom and dad who are amazing people and Brett and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them in so many ways but in in many ways and where we are in our life in ministry and we are honored to have them as our parents and I encourage you today to honor your mom and dad wherever they are honor them amen Amen. so today um i'm going to speak to you about peace my mom leaned over and said the time is right up there sherry so you can (laughs) meanwhile my mother when she preaches she goes for hours and she doesn't realize the time (laughs) i love her um (laughs) Sometimes in life, um, we don't really realize that we are carrying around a lot of stuff. Now, I tell my mom that she has made me a bag lady because if you ever see my mom, she will be carrying not only a purse but an additional bag along with the purse. And so whenever we would go away uh, or even... Just, you know, we were going on a little trip or, I don't know, we'd go somewhere. It was like I felt like I had to bring additional things. Um, one time we, my dad would laugh his head off when he thinks of this. When we were, when I was first married, the whole family, we all went on a trip. And we were going to the States and we were traveling through the airport. And, and back then, too, you could carry all kinds of luggage. And so... Um, I had all kinds of luggage, and I had a bag with books. We were going away for a week conference, and I bought, I brought a bag of books. One of them was a concordance, and it was probably about that, I don't know what I was thinking, because I never opened a one, but I felt I should have these books, because I thought at some point I might want to study or look up, thank goodness concordances now are all on uh, the computer, but... My husband, my poor husband, was like running through the airport. We were missing a flight, and he's having to carry my bags. But sometimes in life, we don't even realize the stuff that we can be carrying around and the baggage that we can be taking with us, like even worry and fear. And we can be carrying unforgiveness different kinds of things that we don't even kind of pay attention to, but we're carrying it around through life. And it's weighing us down, and we actually don't even realize it's weighing us down. So picture how satisfying life would be if we weren't carrying these weights, these worries, even when we walk into the office worried about the security of our job or worried about the employees beside us and kind of having a, a, a anxiety perpetually and we'll just get used to it when we walk through life. But I don't know about you, but I want to be a carrier of peace. And if you can imagine, I know I work at an office nine to five. And when I walk in that office, I want to actually carry something to these people who they don't have Jesus, some of them. And so I want them to experience peace. I want my life to not be all anxious and worried and fretful. And I got stuff just like you got stuff. I got things I'm going through in my life just like you have things. But I want to be a carrier of what Christ has provided and given to me, and that's peace. You know, sometimes we wonder, what would it be like to be like that? What would it be like to be that person that's just so, I mean, they just... Ooze with peace, and we can see, and ex- we can see Jesus, his life, and peace. and And here's a good example of, of how he lived. it. I'm going to look at Mark, chapter four, verse thirty six, in the New International Version. It says, "Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them, and a furious squall." Came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, There's kind of a hum up here, I don't know if you can hear that. He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And his disciples said, And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you s- still have no faith? In the King James Version, it says that Jesus arose, he rebuked the wind and he said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Now, it's actually pretty amazing when you think about it. Jesus was just kind of dog-tired, kind of like Ellen and some of the other team who didn't get in until 3 o'clock this morning. But Ellen got up here and did a great job, amen? But, um, you know, Christ was just dog-tired. He'd gone in and he went and uh, he'd had a big day. And he'd gone to sleep not because he was stressed. It's just he did a good day's work and he was tired and he went to lay down. He didn't feel guilty. He was sleeping. He trusted that the others there on the boat were going to get do their job and get him to where he needed to go. He didn't get mad when they woke him up because of the storm. But he had so much peace... He wanted to just, he shared it with the storm. And so that same peace he shares with us and he gives to us in the midst of every situation, circumstance that you can name. He shares his peace and he speaks peace to our storms. And how amazing was that? He just said, peace, be still. Jesus wanted to share peace with the storm. And he wanted to share it with the disciples that were there. Because they were worked up. Have you ever been at work and people around you are worked up? They sit beside you and they're, oh, and we want to share peace with people. And we have it. We'd have to walk in it to share it. Amen. So in the midst of all of our stuff, in the midst of our life, Jesus speaks peace. Now, if you can imagine Jesus standing, you know, when you walked out to go to work in the morning, and Jesus was standing at the door and he said, can I check your bags? Can I check what you're carrying today? He said, nope, you don't need that unforgiveness. No, you do not need that fear. No, you don't need that anxiety. If he was checking you out every time before you walked out the door, no, I'll take that. No, I'll take that. Or, you know, you go through a metal detector and it, ding, 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 it goes off because you're carrying stuff you shouldn't be carrying. He did not equip you, not only mentally, he didn't equip you physically to carry stress, anxiety, and fear. He says, peace, be still. Often we think, you know, yes, I would like that peace that you're talking about. I know, I know it's the fruit of the Spirit, but I just, you know, and I, I pray about it. And peace just kind of seems like it just kind of floats away. We kind of think peace is like, you know, when we go to um, the spa, And we hear the water trickling and it's silence and there's wonderful smells and, and, uh, you know, we're relaxed after the massage. If you've never been to the spa, you need to go. But this is what, this is what we think peace is. And then all of a sudden we walk out the door and our husband's there with the kids in the car and they're screaming and the peace flew away. Or we think peace is like something we're like, oh, I gotta catch it. It's just like we can't get a hold of it. But peace is in us. As Christ followers, we have it. I would pray at times and I'd be like, Lord, you know, I need your peace in this situation. And and I would feel his peace for a moment. And then it would feel like it just flew away. And I, I couldn't understand it. It was like I was... Struggling and then I would have some peace and then I so I I desired to have this peace so that When things come at me that I would just be able to rest in that peace and not Get all worked up in every situation So the first thing that we do need to do is to make a decision that we're going to choose peace we need to make a decision make a choice i i want to live this i want to live what you're talking about today sherry i want to choose peace in my home in my marriage as a couple with my children when they're driving me crazy when i just can't take it anymore I want to choose peace. I want to choose peace when I walk into my office. I want to choose peace when my boss is crazy. I want to choose peace. So you do have to make a decision, first of all, that you want it. And let's look at Psalms 34, verse 14. It says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Search for peace. This is key. Search for peace and work to maintain it. So I need to work. I need to pursue peace. I need to pursue it. And I need to work... To maintain it. it kind of sounds a little bit mm, I'm not sure what you're you, We need to also work To maintain that peace So living daily in peace Is really not a passive thing It's an active thing It's realizing that I need Continual peace I seek it I pursue it And I work it out I work to maintain it Seek the words seek and pursue are, are verbs. They require action, seeking, and pursuing. Pursue means to seek favor over a long period of time. So when we're pursuing peace, we're seeking it over a long period of time. We're working it out. We're working to maintain it. You know, and you might say, there's just too many things I've got to work out. There's just too many things I've got to work. I want to tell you, if you have this, if you have peace, then those other things aren't going to seem like all these other things that you're working for and working out. If you have peace, if you work to maintain peace, these other things will not be so nuts and so crazy. You know, when you play the game hide and seek as a kid, you really had to work at it, you had to search. For it, you had to go around. Whether it was on in your house when you were a kid, we like to play hide and go seek in our house when Brent and I were little. And you'd have to go searching. Brent liked to hide in a piece of furniture. I remember a picture of him sitting inside a piece of furniture. So we like to hide, but we have to seek. We have to. We had to seek for the person we were looking for when we were playing hide and go seek. And life hides peace. Life tends to hide your peace. Job, kids, marriage, school, dance, mortgage, bills, boss. In the midst of running around and doing life, peace, where is the peace? Life can often hide peace. And so pretty soon, we're, we're, we feel peaceless in the midst of our life. This is why the scripture tells us to seek and pursue it. Because sometimes it's hidden. Colossians 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So we're to let this peace rule, rule, rule in our hearts and lives. It says that let, when it says let something rule, that means it's more of a choice whether you let it rule in your life or not. It's a choice. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. That would be your choice to let it rule. It's not something that just like we think, like again, like the spa and it leaves. It's, it's a choice. It's a conscious decision that you have chosen to let peace rule in your life. And sometimes, I want to tell you, in the midst of a struggle, it can be a minute-by-minute choice. You can be facing a a situation, and depending on what you're going through, it might be minute-by-minute that you're choosing peace. You may be tears streaming down your face, and you are choosing peace. It may look horrible. It may... You may have heard some horrible news. And you're choosing peace to rule. It's a choice. What does peace look like? What does the peace of God look like? And it says, I didn't write the scripture down here, but I, have, I believe it's Philippians. Dad, you might be able to tell me um, as I read here. <laughs> Verse 7, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot, whatsoever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall marison and mount guard, guard over our hearts and minds. Philippians Philippians 4, verse 7. So it's a tranquil state. Your soul's assurance. It transcends all understanding. When everything looks like you should not be looking peaceful. It just transcends all understanding. And it guards your heart. And it guards your mind. My goodness. That's... Right here is where we need that peace. Proverbs 12 verse 20, it says, Those who promote peace have joy. We are to promote peace, peaceful living, peaceful lives. This word promote, we definitely know because we try to promote ourselves. We promote ourselves on social media. We promote ourselves networking. We promote ourselves at the job. We want promotion. So we know what promoting is. And we are to promote peace in our lives. Peaceful living. So promote it. Give it first place. And so this really is our choice to let peace rule in difficult situations. It God is not going to come in and take over a situation. He's given us power, authority to have dominion in this life. He's given us the tools that we need. And it's our choice to choose the peace that He's provided us. You know, and it's not always easy. And we are guaranteed some things. And one of the things is we are guaranteed bad things will happen in the will of god and out of the will of god well that doesn't sound too good well john 16:33 says i told you these things so that in me you will have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take courage for i have overcome the world amen John 14 verse 27, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give, I bequeath to you, I will it to you. It's a part of your, the package in which Christ Jesus gave to us that you would have peace. So we choose to promote it. We choose it in our lives. We either choose peace or we choose worry. I know I was facing a situation, and it was like I cannot—I I literally can't do physically anything about it. I can't do anything about it. It—it it is what it is. I have to either worry about it, or I have to choose peace. I have because, and I'm thinking, worry's not going to do me any good. Worry is just going to make me not feel good, make me sick. So I either got to choose that, or I got to choose. I got to choose worry or I got to choose peace. So, how do we do this? Have peace continually. Walk in peace. You know, so often the battle about (laughs) the battle with that is in our mind. My heart knows that I have the peace of God. My heart knows that I've been given the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness. I know I've been given that in my heart, but it's my mind that can often give me the problem. You know, our mind likes to take a rabbit trail. It likes to have a, a, a thought going on it's sometimes there's a narrative in our head that we've really kind of allow we've allowed this narrative to just go on and on and it kind of has its own path in our brain and we've allowed it its own little path and it and our brain just goes down that path it takes that narrative all the time whenever that situation comes so what do we do in these situations? In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, I'm going to read it from the message. I just love the way it says it here. The world is unprincipled. It's a dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But you don't live or fight. We, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing an entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, philosophies tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life Shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstacle. And building lives of obedience into maturity. Now that is a scripture. I'll tell you what. That is a scripture. You need to go read it again today. 2 Corinthians 10, 5-6 in the message. That tells you, man, we have this powerful tool to smash to tear down barriers that have been erected against the truth of God. Because our brain and the thoughts that come to us, the thoughts that are fed to us, can oftentimes be against what this word is saying to us. And so then we have this battle. And so it's what do we do? Because the battle's up here. I believe I've got peace But the battle is going on in my mind telling me, no, it's not going to work. No, you don't have enough money. No, that job's not coming. No, that situation's not happening. That's where it's coming. This battle up here. The ESV says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are to take those thoughts captive. We are to cast those thoughts down. So, what happens? In these crazy scenarios, when we get these things lodged in our mind with fear, we have this trail of fear or we have this trail of worry or anxiety that we got going, this battle in our mind that wants to really... The enemy, all he does is want to cripple you. He wants to cripple you. He wants to ensnare you. He wants to keep you. If he can just keep you right there. Just keep you in one spot not moving just kind of crippled that's what he wants to do but we have been given the ability to cast down these imaginations these thoughts and choose peace and maintain peace when when these thoughts come so how do we do this this is the very tool this is the very thing this is you can say oh come on Again, why is it always with the Word? What is it always with the Bible? This is the truth that sets us, you and me, free. It's the truth that we have to maintain. It's the truth that we have to speak. It's the truth that we have to read. That's why it says for us to meditate on it. And sometimes there are situations and circumstances where I'll just tell you what I have done I've Taken a little notebook that I got from the dollar store and if I'm going through a situation what I do Is find scripture that's speaking to me And I write those scriptures down and then I also write something that I can confess about that word with my, with my situation in that confession. And I have that book because sometimes, you know, wherever we're at, you know, I can't walk into my office, take out my Bible, and start reading it for an hour. That's not an option. I don't know how many of you have that option. That'd be a great option. But I don't have that option. So something I do is I, I, I leave for work because I don't want to ever be late for work. I don't like... I'm like my father's daughter for sure. So I am there uh, usually a half hour early. I sit in the parking lot and I take out this notebook too that I have scriptures written in and also the confessions and I'm able to say them. But I have it wherever I go and it's in a notebook. And it's, you know, I'm not necessarily having a bible i have a notebook but it has scriptures written in it but that helps me because there are times when i'm like oh jesus i need you and the thoughts are bombarding me and so what do i need to do i need the word and so i can just open up that notebook and i can if i have an opportunity to read it out loud which i don't often do but i can read it when I'm by myself, I can read it out loud. But that's a tool, and that's a way to do it. Because sometimes, sometimes, and I've read this, and I know a lot of this. I can say I don't know all of it. But there are times when I come into a situation, and I'm like, huh? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, Lord. I can't even remember one scripture in this situation. I can't remember one Because everything is coming against me and I just need an answer and I can't remember one Not one is coming to my remembrance at this time when i'm in this situation But I have this notebook and it's got it. Oh, yeah. 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 That's scripture. Thank you, jesus and so God gives us tools and god gives us a way so that we can maintain this peace find a way so that you don't allow that narrative in your brain to keep having its own path. You say, nope, you are done. That narrative is gone. I'm choosing a different one. And how you do that is you have to speak the word of God. You have to read the word of God. You have to meditate on the word of God and it will set you free. Amen. The word coming forth out of a believer's mouth with faith is the most effective weapon that will win in every war against worry and anxiety. The word coming out of your mouth. You're going to have to say it through tears. Through it doesn't look like it's working. Say it. Speak the word. You, you multiple times saying it doesn't change the situation. It changes the situation right here. This is where it changes the situation. It gets you so full. It gets in here and then it gets down in here and then you aren't taking it. You are not taking what the devil has, is shoving your way. When you start speaking it, you're helping here and it gets down in here. The word of God is a two edged sword. And it must be uh, welded, welded against the enemy. You know, when you see a sword, we don't use swords anymore, but they were like in a, I think it's called a sheath. And they would be stuck in there, you know, and then they would pull it out. There's, it doesn't do anything in the holder. It only does something when it's out and being used. And that's what the word of God is, our weapon and it's a two-edged sword praise god so god has given his word for us to use it so then what do we do after that then we begin to rest we begin to rest in god second chronicles 20 verse 12 O our god you will you not exercise judgment upon them for they have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us we do not know what to do but our eyes are upon you now at this time in chronicles they were uh, the enemy was coming against them and they didn't know what to do so what did they do they had they had called the people together to pray and they got together and they said we don't know what to do Have you ever said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you, amen? So I love this verse. The people had come to this place where they realized three things. They had no power against the enemy. They didn't know what to do, but they did know that they had to keep their eyes on Jesus, focus their eyes on God. And then it went on to say in verse 17, Be not afraid or dismayed at the great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And you shall not need to fight this battle. Take your position, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord. Praise God. So what's our position? What's our position? What position do we take? We take a position of worship and surrender. We take a position of meditating upon this word, taking a hold of it. We take a position of pursuing, seeking peace like none other. If you are in the midst of a situation, if you are... Bound by fear and anxiety and, and worry. Pursue like you've never pursued before Jesus and his peace. That will help you stand and that will keep you strong in the midst of whatever battle you're facing. God He comes through. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God will work when we get our hands off and we say, Lord, I surrender it to you. He moves. He's able. He's stronger. He's mightier. He's more capable than you ever in your wonderful self can do. He can move. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, for the truth that sets us free. Truth, Father, that sets us free today. Free. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, as everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm just going to ask you if there's anyone here today and you were like, you know, you were talking to me. I just feel like Anxiety, worry, and fear have just been pursuing me. Just raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you this morning. I just feel like worry, fret, anxiety is just pursuing me. Okay, I see all those hands. Just keep them raised for a minute. Heavenly Father, you see every hand that's here. And so, Lord Jesus, I know that you, Father, are capable i know that you are mighty that you are able i thank you for the word that's gone forth this morning it will not return void but i speak peace father in the name of jesus to these situations to these lives to these minds to these hearts in the name of jesus peace peace father that passes all understanding to guard their heart and to guard their minds i thank you lord that this message will ring will ring inside of them and they will pursue your peace like nothing else because fear is defeated anxiety is defeated in the name of jesus i thank you father peace rules peace reigns supreme in their hearts and lives I thank you as they go forth here. They are free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email infothecitychurch.ca.